of grace to you and peace from our God and Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Well, dear friends, I ask this question here this morning. What is it that really makes you feel good? What is it exactly? Is it a, a certain hobby that you have? Is it a, a certain TV show that you like to watch? A certain radio station even that you like to listen to? Is it a, another person in your life? What is it that makes you feel good? A young pastor came to his uh, first uh, church. He was, was working hard, full of, of energy. He, he was gone from his home quite a lot during those days. And his wife was teaching the woman's Bible study at his church. He found that he had a few free minutes. He walked into the women's Bible study, had a, a, a seat quietly in the back. And, and as he walked in, one, one of the women in the, the group, perhaps a, a, a little bit, you know, kind of, maybe to spark a little trouble or something, raised her hand. And she said to the pastor's wife, does your husband make you happy? And so the pastor reports, you know, he kind of got up on the edge of his seat, you know, what, what would his young bride say in answer to this question? Does your husband make you happy? And he, he reports, his, his wife said, no, my husband doesn't make me happy. And he thought, wow, you know, I, I better you know, figure out how to slink out of here you know, quietly. Once again, my wife has just said to the entire ladies group of the church, I don't make her happy. But then the pastor's wife went on to say, I find my happiness in the Lord. See, even though my husband is the pastor, he's not always perfect. There are times when, yes, he might fail me if I depend upon him for my happiness. But rather, I depend upon the Lord. And dear friends, really, that is where our happiness is to be found, isn't it? Rather than running around trying to find other people that make us happy, rather than trying to find some, some best friends that we can depend upon to, to boost our ego, even rather than depending upon our husband or our wife for our happiness, we need to be able to find that in the Lord, don't we? The Lord must become that foundation. And yes, I think we all have to admit, there have been times in each of our lives when we have searched for that happiness in something else, haven't we? Maybe as a young man, you search for happiness in automobiles. 
Because maybe you saw your father, your grandfather, searching for happiness in, in horses. We begin to search for that happiness in relationships. And, and yes, that's probably why we find the divorce rate growing ever higher. Because once I get to the place where I feel like maybe that other person isn't meeting my need of happiness, well, then I better go find someone else who can meet that need. And always the problem comes back to the fact we were designed to find our happiness in God. In God alone. And we ought to be able to praise God under every circumstance then, shouldn't we? Because really, what's another place that we look for happiness? We look for happiness within our circumstances, don't we? And so you're going along in life and your job is pretty good and your relationships are pretty good and things are, are going pretty well and it seems like I have good circumstances, therefore I am happy. But of course, often in this world of, of sin and suffering, we find bad circumstances, don't we? And so then it's really easy to look at the bad circumstances in our lives and come to the conclusion, well, I'm not happy. If I could just get a brand new car, maybe that would make me happy. If I could just have, you know, a, a, a better job. If I could just have better relationships. If I could, you know, just kind of move out of Minnesota and go to Florida instead. You hear that sometimes, right? then I could be happy. You know, this slice last week uh, provides, you know, just kind of a, a, a little microcosm, that idea of circumstances making us happy. You know, last Sunday afternoon, you know, we had that big windstorm that, that you know, kind of blew through and, and or last weekend, and you know, had that big tree come down right in, in the, the front by the parsonage. And wow, you know, it looked you know like such such you know good circumstances. The tree had missed everything. You know, the, the tree could have hit the house, or it could have fallen the other way and went into the power lines, or or if the, the top wouldn't have broken off the tree, it would have hit you know one of my cars in the driveway. And we could look at a circumstance like that and we could say, well, you know, that was so fortunate. God is with us, baby. You know? The tree came down just in the right place. Good circumstances. We're so happy. Then we got a little bit later in the week, and right, we had that giant hailstorm. I, I don't know how many of you were uh, affected by the hailstorm. If your roofs were, were damaged, or you know, you took a few things in, in your cars, or or whatever. You know, certainly we were kind of scrambling a, around, and you know, had like a, a, a piece of a foam topper for a bed, and we went outside and threw that on top of one of our cars to kind of protect it from the 
the hail and another of our, our cars, you know, probably has 10 or 12 dinks in it now from that hailstorm we had. But then, you know, so the hailstorm comes and you say, wow, my car has dinks in it now. Oh, maybe God's not really with me. Oh, this looks really bad. Oh, my. Now, I had a bad circumstance and I feel bad about it. It all comes then from having my perception set upon the circumstance, doesn't it? Like I certainly feel good about myself when it seems that God is with me and He preserved my property and He took care of, of things. It, it was all going really well, but now, wow, there was a bad circumstance. The hail came and I got some dinks in my car. Ah, now He's not there anymore. I can't reach him. I, I, I can't seem to talk to him. Oh, it's, it's just like there's silence. Right? But that's what happens if we come to believe that circumstance must determine our happiness. And dear friends, our happiness is to be found in God alone. And that happiness must be based upon his word. Now what does that word of God say? And speaking to our, our present situation, we had a bad hailstorm. There's a lot of damage here. Well, God says, I will never leave you or forsake you. What does that mean? It means that God is still there in the midst of a trying circumstance. He's still walking right beside me. It doesn't mean God went on vacation to Florida, right? Hey, well, I, I saved the parsonage. I'm going on vacation. See you, folks. Probably we got a couple days. And then God comes back and says, Oh, man, there's this big hailstorm. Oh, gee. That's too bad. No, what it does mean is God is always with us. He will not leave us. He will not forsake us. He's still walking right beside us in the midst of of the trying circumstance. And so yeah, certainly he's there in the good times. He's there in the happy times. He's saying, Lord, I can praise you in these good times. Lord, I, I got the lead role in the player. Lord, I'm you know, a starting player on the high school football team. Or, Lord, everything seems to be going so well. And I'm like in this protected bubble. And I praise you for that. But... It also means that we can praise Him in the storm as well, doesn't it? And yeah, there's going to be trials, there's going to be tribulations, there's going to be storms in this life. Can we praise God in the storm? Well, if God is the center of my world, I can still praise Him in the storm. But if the circumstances are the center of my world, well, well then I, it's really hard, isn't it? Then I can praise God when things are going good, but as soon as I experience adversity, I don't really want to praise Him so much anymore. Because after all, if God was with me, things would always be good, right? 
somehow we've come to that conclusion, haven't we? But again, I, I know I remind you of, of this, you know, many times, but you know, there, there's Peter hanging on the cross upside down. Still praising God, see. For Peter, it's not the circumstance that is the center of his focus, but rather it is God. I can praise God when the ministry is going well. I can praise God when the people decided to crucify me. And really, it's the same for every disciple, isn't it? That yes, we can always praise God during the good times and how wonderful that is, but we also have a constant companion in the bad times. We have someone who can have the empathy for every single thing we're going through. Jesus, our Savior, He knew every bad circumstance, didn't He? For he knew what it was to be betrayed. And he knew what it was to be mocked. He knew what it was to be ridiculed. He knew what it was to be misunderstood. He knew what it was to have his own mother and his brothers and sisters, well, have brothers, have sisters, doubt in him. He knew what it was to have a close friend turn upon him. He knew what it was to suffer incredible physical punishment. He knew what it was to die in agony. Every single experience that you or I can anticipate, can go through, Jesus has been there. He knows what it's like. And He's promised. He will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He will be there by your side through any trial. He'll walk with you. He'll carry you even in His arms. Dear friends, in this world we never really know from one day to the next if Things will go our way and they'll come out right or things will seemingly turn against us and we'll experience a little bit of a setback. But what we do know is that God loves us so very much that we can always put our trust in Him. In our vacation in Bible school, through the summer, they always sing, you know, kind of a, a, a cute little song um, that makes that comparison. And I should probably make Robert get up and sing a verse for it, but, but he'd be too embarrassed for that. But the, the song goes, goes something like this. Some trust in horses and some in chariots, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. And so it makes a little comparisons like that. Right? What are you going to be trusting in today? Will you trust in, in your car? Will you trust in some fortuitous circumstance that took place earlier in the week? 
Will you trust in even your relationships? Or will you trust in the Lord your God? See, Jesus, our Savior, He loved us so very much. They died upon the cross even before we were His friends. Jesus, our Savior, loved us so much, He experienced that great suffering even while we were probably shaking our fists and said, I'm going to trust in my Corvette. You know? My Corvette makes me feel pretty good. I don't really need this God stuff limiting me. It might interfere with something else I want to trust in. Now Jesus loved us so much that even when we were in that place, even when we were even despising His name, He died so we could be forgiven. That's the great love our Savior has for us. And so I ask you again the same question I began with this morning. Who do you trust in? Well, so hopefully it's not a thing. Hopefully it's not your, your Cadillac or your Honda, your horse or your chariot. Hopefully, it's not even a good relationship that you have. Because, yeah, other people, they can let us down at times. Who do you trust in? Let us trust in the Lord our God above everything else. Amen. And now may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be in your hearts and minds now and always. Amen.